Fuck you, IMDb. I, I just pulled it up and this big screen is like, rate this movie. Have you seen this movie? And I'm like, dude, I just want to see the page. Like, I couldn't <laughs> get out of it. That was really weird. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're listening, anyone who works for IMDb, that is not a fun feature. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the McGuffin Podcast, the movie review podcast that dreams are made of. Keith in San Diego, California. Yes, and you are Cassie Robinson, recording from an undisclosed location in the Rocky Mountains. This will be the final episode of the month of October that we release. Next one comes out November 1st. We're going to take a break from horror for a while because we're almost a horror podcast now. Not that that wasn't already sort of the case. The horror slash Batman podcast. <laughs> but... There, there, you know what? That's what we need. We need a horror Batman. I mean, if they were to actually do the Scarecrow right... I, I mean, the new then, one kind of has some... It's having some vibes, like the Riddler is just a fucking serial killer. I, I mean, guess. they literally designed him to look like one of the sketches, like police sketches of the Zodiac. So. Yeah. 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 It, like, is that a fact or are you just saying that? I mean, that's what everyone's saying. There's like a thousand side by sides that are online right now to show oh. you how much it looks like that. Yeah. Which makes sense because the Zodiac leaves clues and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I guess, yeah. He was kind of like the real-life Riddler with no uh, Batman. Sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so the new Batman looks hella dark. It looks dark. It looks cool. What's his name? Not Matthew Vaughn. Matthew uh, Reeves. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've liked every movie he's done, and any anything he's been involved with has been really good, so... I I have total trust in him. We, oh, we did it again. We somehow it became the Batman. We were a Batman podcast. That's how, like, exactly. We can only can only be one or one or two ways. We are reviewing uh, Halloween Kills and Eden Lake, which we watched on Tubi. You probably can watch it on on Amazon as well. And uh, and right now, Halloween Kills you can watch in the theater or on Peacock. If you have a subscription with them. All right. Let, let's go ahead and get into the pre-review topic. This was yours. So set it up for us. So I asked, what is a movie that seems like it scares everybody else? Like mm. everybody you know is like, oh, this is scary, but you don't get it. You, you don't think it's scary. Um, right. And we, we're going to list three each. Uh, yeah. and then uh, I, I believe, uh, you asked, um, friends slash listeners and they sent in their answers as well. Yeah. I, I well. did a little post on, uh, Facebook and so, uh, I'll read some answers on here as cool. well. Uh, but yeah. So what's a movie that seems like everybody, you know, fucking shit their brains out uh-huh. in fear that you're like, I don't get it. It's, it's not scary. Do you, what do you have? My immediate answer, and I feel bad because, I mean, we've done a whole podcast on this movie. I feel like it comes up in conversation all the time. Um, 
Event Horizon. I just, I've never thought it was that okay. scary. I've never thought it was particularly good as a movie even. Um, but I had always hear when I was a kid, especially like when I was younger, it's like, oh man, that movie fucked me up so bad. Yeah. And then maybe that like built it up or whatever. But I remember like I saw that. I don't know. I, I, I probably watched it when I was in eighth or ninth grade or something. Somebody mm. I knew had a VHS of it and I watched it and I was like, eh, okay, it's like bad alien, like whatever. <laughs> um, well, part of, part of the reason I'm asking, I asked this is I think my barometer's starting to get a little skewed. Um, cause I, it's been a while since I've seen a movie that has like, like really freaked me out. Sure, sure. So I'll let me finish my rant on Event Horizon, yeah. and then uh, um, I have a. Uh, that's an interesting topic in and of itself, but um, but yeah. yeah. So Portal to Hell in Space doesn't Portal to Hell. In, I mean, there's a lot of things to like. Good cast, cool concept. Um, it's all we. You know, you can go back to our the review we did last year of it, where we reviewed yeah. that and. Um, uh, what did we review alongside that? I forget. I it was a twofer. I mean, I will say there is some disturbing imagery in that movie. Like that, the hell orgy is pretty freaky. The, you know, <laughs> the idea I, of I get that what you're is saying, freaky, but, there, but I also, when we saw this movie, I saw it as an adult, right? right. So I saw it when we reviewed it for the podcast fully. And yeah, yeah maybe if I saw it when I was extremely, but I, I feel like I was pretty young when I saw it, but I, I, my, my barometer was already kind of skewed because by that point I had seen alien. I'd seen aliens. I'd seen, sure. yeah. um, some, I mean, uh, I'd seen things. Halloween. I'd seen, uh, the thing, you know what I mean? Like I'd seen mm. all these like actually, uh, good movies that are made well by competent directors. So when I watched that movie, I just was like, this is just like, you know, I'm watching a bunch of actors run around on a <laughs> soundstage with some not so great CGI and techno music. I, I think this one would have freaked me out had I seen it when I was, you, you know, like, mm-hmm. Uh, in me and my teenage years or whatever, but now it, it, maybe it's just because it's so dated. Uh, but it, yeah, it didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. Uh, and this is one that constantly comes up in conversations. I mean, you know, excuse the parlance, but especially if you're in mixed circles and you're amongst a lot of normies, this is like okay. the ones where they're Oh my God, that movie's so fucked up. It's like, I guess if you've never seen a movie, <laughs> the idea of motion picture is just like blowing your mind. Yeah. Um, but okay. Yes. Event Horizon overrated, whatever. What was, what was one of yours? Uh, one of mine is another movie we talk about an awful fucking lot on this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, but I've just never really found it that scary, uh, is Jaws. Um, I okay. think, I think it's a great movie. I think it's a masterclass in tension, but I never was like scared by it. I was, I, you know what I mean? I was always like, well, sharks in the ocean. I don't have to go in the ocean, you know, like it just, it, 
it's not something that like kept me up at night or anything like that. Like the first time right. I saw it, I was like, oh, that's a cool movie. Uh, but I, I never, I never thought it was scary. I don't know. Uh, uh, fair enough. Um, when was the first time you'd seen it in its entirety? Um, I was probably a teenager. Like I wasn't really young. Um, okay. I feel like I had also, you know, kind of the event horizon thing. Like I had seen genuine like horror capital H move movies by then. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it comes, what's scary is so subjective, right? It, it's similar mm-hmm. to like what's funny. Um, cause I mean, you know, when I'm in the ocean, I do think about like a shark attack, but I don't think of like Jaws specifically. Uh, I just think of the incredible bias against sharks that Jaws gave me. <laughs> right. So um, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe in that aspect, it, it stuck with me a little bit more, but I just, I was never like, ah, closing my eyes. Uh, you know, there's like the one jump scare. But I just, I don't know. I just never found it to be scary. And, and a lot of people say, you know, and maybe it's a generational thing. I think, you know, if you saw it in theaters when it first came out, mm-hmm. I can, I kind of get it a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw the movie quite young. Um, I would say probably too young. Um, single digits. So I remember watching the movie liking it a whole lot, you mm. know, for all the reasons. And it was, it was one of the things, it was on TV. I watched with my parents, you know, there was, um, Don dish soap commercials in between the set pieces, whatever, mm. but, and probably edited stuff. Who knows? But, um, I remember after that, I wasn't scared watching the movie itself. I was just kind of along for the ride, yeah. but it was more like, if I was in a, the deep end of the swimming pool, then my imagination would start to go wild. Or yeah, I, um, I, mean, I remember I, guess I had a little bit of that too. But my parents was setting up a trip for Disneyland at the time. It didn't end up happening. Spoiler alert! But um, we were going to go to Disneyland that summer, and they'd gotten the uh, travel catalogs. And looking at the different hotels and, you know, they're like, Oh, we could go to this one or we could go to this one. And I wanted to go to the one, the Disney one where you get to have breakfast with Mickey and Pluto, you know, uh, so suggests the commercials on Disney channel. Uh-huh. But, um, <laughs> but they wanted to go to some hotel that was by the beach because they wanted to go to the beach. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to go to the beach. I don't want to be eaten by a shark. Oh my God. And then, and I was, and I was dead, that dead ass serious. It wasn't just that. No, I know. I just, I, I just think about all the vacations that kids <laughs> ruin for their parents. For their parents. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they did, and my dad, who's lived, you know, everywhere in the world. Um, well, everywhere in the United States almost, mm-hmm. but he, he had to like go through this whole spiel about like sharks don't even go that close to the beach unless they're spawning and you know like trying to go into this whole fucking thing about it it's like the times of the year where sharks are common and not common and yeah <laughs> and, and i was like i just wasn't having it it's like no i'm not getting in the water 
I guess. I I mean, yeah, I don't know. I no, would, but it I wasn't would... like I was I I wasn't like worried of land sharks like coming and attacking me on my way to school, but I was worried about in, in the situation of like I don't want to put myself where I know sharks can be. Sure. So uh, that was okay. that was so I can't fairly say that that movie didn't scare me even though I wasn't, you know, terrified going to bed the night after I watched the movie. Sure. Okay. Uh, okay. What is your next, your next one? This is kind of like the millennials version of the event horizon thing. Yeah. I guess that probably is too, but yeah. Um, I feel like event horizon is the millennials event horizon. Yeah. So maybe this is aged up just, just by a, a couple of years or so, but hostile. Oh, fuck you. Whatever yeah. with that movie. That's, I was going to, that was my next one. No, I agree with you. It's it's not a scary movie. It's no, I remember gross. you you saw it before I did. We were mm-hmm. I mean, we were well into college by this point. Um and I had seen some of the movies, like the extreme horror stuff that was coming out at that time. So I'd seen Wolf Creek. I'd seen had I seen Saw yet? I don't know. Um, maybe. Yes, you but, definitely, you definitely saw Saw before you saw Hostel, right? Well, it was released before Hostel, but I may have seen that later on DVD. Uh, but, I um, saw the, I saw Saw in theaters for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that was when I was working at the Triplex. I, I think, I can't remember if I saw, I'm pretty sure I rented Hostel at one point. Right. And again, this is another situation where, Especially by this age, I was big time consuming classic horror. Mm. Um, so when I saw Hostel finally, I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch it. It's, you know, people are talking about it, whatever. I feel as though I have to have seen it just to be part of the conversation. Again, I mean, like, it's just not that well made. There's, it's really, there's no tension in it. Um, the tone is weird. And by weird, I don't mean uncanny and like intentional. Like, like half the movie feels like an American pie movie. And then all yeah. of a sudden people are cutting each other up and I'm, I'm just not there with the movie. I'm like, yeah, it just, I'm, I'm the same. I always found it gross. I always found it like not pleasant to watch, but I never found it scary. Like I was, it was like, I just don't want to see it, but but I can't even say like the movie like disturbed me. And and no, this is I, this I is my thing with I just thought it was gross. Right. But I mean there's, you know, Dead Alive is gross, but at least it's intentional. Sure. Um but when I was watching Hostel, I could never stop thinking about Eli Roth on the other side of the camera giggling at himself. Kind of. Yeah, it just feels so um just juvenile and obnoxious. No, I I think that's a perfectly uh perfectly reasonable answer. Yeah. That was I, I believe really Mark Kermode when uh when they came out and he was a fan of Cabin Fever. Um uh but uh he when uh Hostel came out he said you know he wanted to send Eli Roth to bed with no supper. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It just feels like kind of bratty and, and like, Ugh. 
I'm going to, I'm going to do all the things they say you can't do in movies. And it's like, fuck off. <laughs> right. And again, like, like, um, event horizon, I think there's a, a scary concept in there. You know, the idea of, you know, young backpackers traveling in Holland or whatever, getting killed in some, like creepy one percenters club who gets to torture people. Like there's, mm-hmm. I think the, the, there's plenty to do in the concept. He just doesn't because he's not a very good filmmaker in my opinion, at least at this point, And I have not kept up with all of his work. I know some people like some of his later films, but um I was kind of turned off and I, I did watch the second one too. But oh, um, really? oh, you made it further than I did. Okay. Yeah, I actually think that the second one, it's not a good movie, but he dials in the tone at least a little better. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I just I don't get it. I, and when that movie came out, everybody was a buzz about it, and everybody was all like, "Oh my god, it'll fuck you up forever." You yeah. like, and I was just, and also doubly annoying. This was that time period where. Quentin Tarantino was putting his name on anything he had the loosest association with. So mm-hmm. everybody, because they don't actually know how to read credits, would say like, you didn't like that? It's Quentin Tarantino. It's like, no, he produced it kind of. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it was just a very annoying movie when it came out in just about every aspect. Yeah, so far of the of the Eli Roth stuff I have seen, the thing I like from him the most is the uh the fake trailer for Thanksgiving in the um Grindhouse double feature. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> uh okay, where do I want to go with this? Where do I want to go? Um this one's kind of a weird one. My my journey with this franchise is is a little odd um uh a nightmare on elm street uh i okay I rem- remember which one kid just in general just okay uh, in general as a as a franchise at all yeah i remember as a kid uh i don't know who i think it might have been my cousin or something somebody uh had a poster of Freddy Krueger in their room. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it was like, just the image of him was enough to just, and this was when I was like really little, like sure. you know, four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, he's pure nightmare feel, right? He's got yeah. the fucking claw hands. He's got the melted face. Uh, just his image was so scary to me. And then when I finally saw, uh, I think the, God, I think the first one I saw was uh, Freddy versus Jason, which is not a scary movie at all. Um, no, and nor is it really even trying to be. It, yeah, exactly. But once I kind of got a handle on, like, who the character is, mm-hmm. by the time I got around to actually seeing Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, is, I haven't seen them all. Um uh I'd like to see a new Nightmare at some point. Um but you know, it most people say the first one is the best and, and um you know, it's probably the scariest. But at this point, like I thought that Freddie was such a goofball that I just couldn't really be scared of him. I think the concept is still really cool. I think uh again, the first one is a good movie. 
but I had had the fear of him as a child diffused by the time I actually saw any of the movies. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's one I'll say. Yeah, I think that's fair. I actually, I think the first nightmare on Elm street film I'd seen was new nightmare. Oh, okay. And and I saw that pretty young (laughs) again. It was on TV, um, like USA or something. And I think I taped it even, which means I must have seen it probably a few times and it didn't like ruin my life, mm-hmm. even though I saw it when I was like 11 or something. Um, it might have, if I had seen it too, too young. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, at that point, you know, I was kind of like challenging myself to see stuff. Sure. Um, but yeah, same situation with you and probably every child in, well, I remember country at that time, but that idea of you know, like going down the horror horror aisles and seeing the VHS covers of Freddy's face and you know all yeah. that stuff, it made it seem much larger than life and super scary. The first movie, the actual Wes Craven's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. I probably didn't see that one till I was you know a good, I don't know, seventeen, eighteen years old. Um, well, I remember we watched, um, I think it was three and four, uh, with Kevin and with was, a high school friend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In, in high school. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I, that actually, that actually might have been the first ones I've seen. And, you know, we were in high school. It was the early 2000s, like. Right. Special effects were a little bit better. And that was when they were starting to make him a little cornier. Um, right. Yeah. Three and four is a, or no, I think it was four and five that we watched together. Um, but whatever. Yeah. By yeah, that yeah. point, the, it's, it's more about the gimmicks and the special effects. Yeah. And, and the crazy. And, kill, kind of and, and at that point in the franchise, it's, it's gotten to that point that all slashers eventually get to of like, uh, yeah. you know, just the creative kills and the, uh, all that sort of thing. And, and yeah. it's, at that point, it's not really kind of leans anymore. into like the cult appeal rather than, than trying to, you know, lure in a, uh, unsuspecting audience. Yeah. They don't do that until the reboot. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think there's ever been a point that any nightmare on Elm Street stuff is terrified me i think when i was really young and i had new nightmare on vhs that was like one of those hot and cold things like some days i could handle it some days i couldn't gotcha and i'm you know my personal anxiety has always been kind of fickle that way even to this day there's probably some movies i have in my dvd collection i wouldn't pull out just because i'm not in the right frame of mind yeah (laughs) but other days i could watch it and be totally fine um but yeah, I, I, I feel you. I feel you. Okay, my last one here, Takashi Miike's Audition. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, and I, I should say, you know, with the exception of Event Horizon and Hostel, everything else I have listed are good movies, movies I would recommend to people, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily scared me personally. Yeah, yeah. And honestly... If I had been too scared of a movie, I probably wouldn't be very drawn to it. Like, The Ring scared the shit out of me, and I still 
like don't really want to watch it. I part of me <laughs> kind of does just to see if it would still freak me out, I, but I don't think it would at this point. I don't think it would either. I have thought about watching um Ringu um because it's on Shutter right now mm-hmm. and the original Juwan. I kind of want to go down like a J horror journey and watch a bunch of these things like go all the way back to like Hausu and 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 like sure. those kind of movies and then kind of move forward from there. Um and speaking of J horror, uh audition it was kind of, you know, a pivotal point for the genre. Mm-hmm. Um and here's the deal. So before I'd seen the movie, uh I had watched that clip show that Bravo did. They used to show it every year. Um, oh, like the hundred, the hundred movies. Or yeah. The hundred scariest movies or the hundred scares uh, from I'm, movies uh, or whatever. Okay. I want to say that clip show and, you know, in their countdown, they had it up pretty high on the list. It's like in the, like, you know, lower teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're talking to Rob Zombie. They're talking to, you know, uh, uh, John Landis, all these like horror icons. And they're like, yeah, I don't get scared by movies very often, but this one really got to me. Um, and so I was like, damn Gina. <laughs> so like, you know, they're, and unfortunately, because it's a foreign film and they're really trying to sell it, they pretty much give away the whole movie yeah. in the clip show. They, they, they show all the worst. Stuff. Well, and that movie is such a slow burn too that it's it's like it doesn't get fucked up until the last like I don't know. Yeah, it kind of sneaks up on you. You know, it's a thriller of of sorts. Mm-hmm. You know that it's not going to end up well for the characters just based on the tone, um, and by the director if you know anything about him. But it it doesn't prepare you for how deranged and grotesque it does get. But the, that, you know, the, the, the clip show that I watched, they show everything and they tell you everything. Yeah. So by the time we watched it, and I think we watched it together, uh, we watched it and I remember like enjoying it, you know, getting and being like, Oh, this is a very well made psychological thriller. But like when it got to the stuff, I was already kind of prepared for it and there's nothing else beyond what they showed. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like, Oh, okay. That is what they said it was. And now I've, I've gone back and I've watched it several times since then. And I think it's a brilliant movie. And I think if you can, if you can contextualize it as, you know, ha- not knowing the, the twists before it's like watching psycho and never having heard anything about yeah. psycho. Well, I, I, I think some of these movies are, are very, you know, like again, if you'd seen it in theaters and you didn't know what you were getting into, of course you'd lose your mind. Like, right. Uh, and I would say of audition, like some other movies out there, the less, you know, the better it is. Absolutely. Yeah. If you go, go in as, it, yeah. as cold as possible. I, um, I agree with that completely. And and now we're actually in a place where that's possible again. So I would say I definitely recommend it because I think it's a brilliant movie and it's in- incredibly well made and super creepy. But but yes, don't don't read anything about it. Don't watch any explained videos. You know, well, I or, think you've already said too much. I probably as far in the podcast. 
<laughs> I probably am. But I mean, you know, there's things that, uh, there's things that happen. But, um, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, you know, that was a lot of it was ruined for me. Okay. My last one, uh, and then I'll read off some of these answers off of Facebook. Uh, my last one while we're talking J horror, specifically, this was the remake of, uh, the American remake of The Grudge mm-hmm. it was like, one of the first like scary movies that I went to with the intent of being scared. I saw it in theaters. I was like ready, uh, did nothing for me, did zero on, on the scare barometer. I just, I don't know what it was about it. Uh, it just didn't click. And maybe it's cause I saw the ring first. So I kind of knew the beats, but I just, I remember thinking it was not a good movie. Um, and it just didn't work. Uh, but I know a lot of people who would like swear that that was scarier than the ring mm-hmm. that like, uh, you know, they're like, Oh, the ring is fucked up. But if you want to get really fucked up, see the grudge. Uh, I remember our roommate Adam was so freaked out by it. I would just do like the uh, noise <laughs> and it would like send him off. Right. Um, but he wasn't hard to trigger. <laughs> uh, um, which is funny because he's like what he was one of the first like true horror hounds I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just the the American remake did nothing for me. It was one of the few times that I was like, I know this is meant to be scary, but every beat is just like falling flat. Yeah, that's interesting. I never, I've never seen the either Juwan or the Grudge. Um, I, I've always wanted to see. Juwan, because I, I feel like it would work better. I don't know. There was something about the remake that just felt really cheesy and, and like slapdash. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt very like, ooh, the, uh, the ring was a massive hit. You know, let's piecemeal this other movie together and call it good. And it, oh just- yeah, there was that whole American remake of J-Horror. Yeah, it was, thing it was a that thing. lasted a few years, you know, it went in from that into dark water, into the eye, into pulse. I mean, there were a hundred of them. Yeah, absolutely. But, and I avoided most of them. I think partially because, uh, the grudge just so disappointed me. Yeah, I, I can't say because I, I've never seen it. Um, I do know that there are a lot of people who like it a lot, even people who are detractors of the ring, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting, but yeah, but yeah. It, I, it seemed to work for some people, but for me, it just did not. Uh, okay. So I'm just going to read these real quick. Uh, sure. off of Facebook. Uh, my brother, Stuart says the conjuring, which he then got a second and a third David Zafra and Sean Kane. Uh, second and third of that, which is bonkers to me. Um, yeah, I think to me, that's a pretty freaky movie. I think this is a great, this is a great movie to talk about in terms of, you know, it's just a matter of subjectivity. Like some yeah. people, the, what scares them is a dude in a mask chasing you in a park. That's true. And, and that's and- never been what scared me. Not, which, you know, it, it should be. You know, it's far more likely that that would happen than, you know, some ghost ghost of a demon witch in your basement pulling at your blankets while you're trying to sleep. But the idea of that is is far scarier to me. 
Like, yeah, like when it comes to, when it comes to supernatural horror, if it's done really well, and you can do it really bad, but if it's done really well, spooky ghosts creep me out. I don't like it. I'm the same. Uh, ghost stuff. I don't know. I can watch somebody get shoved in a blender head first. I would much rather watch that than, you know, seeing, um, the daughter from the conjuring stare at an empty wall crying her eyes out. (laughs) Same. I agree. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Michelle Middlesnet says the Amityville horror. Um, she doesn't specify, specify if the like, original or the Ryan Reynolds remake. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I actually asked this question in the, my, uh, my work chat, um, mm-hmm. just to kind of see what other people were feeling. Cause I was trying to come up with mine. I'm like, there's some really obvious ones I'm forgetting. And so I had, I wanted to ask normal people what they thought was really scary. And that came up as well. And I, again, I, they didn't specify which one. I'm assuming it's the remake because of the age group. And I'd seen it. It was, it was, eh, it was okay. I actually feel like the Ryan Reynolds thing kind of took me out. Yeah. Not I, because he's bad in it. He's fine. He's a, he's a decent enough serious well, actor. But at that time he had like, we had only knew him <clears throat> really from, uh, Van Wilder and stuff. So. Yeah, Van Wilder and waiting and and two guys, a girl in a pizza place. Yeah, I was not. I like. I think. I think he was. He did a good job in the movie. And it, as far as remakes go, it's not the best. It's not the worst. But um, yeah, I actually think if they'd given that part to like a lesser known character actor, I maybe would have been well, able to get. He, like, wasn't it kind of stunt casting? I don't think so. I think it was just right. Michael Bay famous person casting. Okay. Also, uh, along with Michelle, uh, David Montgomery Blake says the Amityville horror, the exorcist and the omen. Um, I don't think I've ever seen the omen. Um, the omens, says, of, I, the omens fun them, says I find them creepy, but there is really not as much tension in them. When I saw them as a kid, I thought they were extremely scary though, but now they bore me to tears for the most part. Okay. See, I actually kind of like what we were talking about with Jaws. Mm-hmm. I didn't count it if at one point in my life it scared me. Yeah. Because so I feel I, like you could play that game all day. Sure. Uh, you know. I wasn't, I agree with you. Did it work or uh, did it not? Now, I mean, a lot of stuff that were not even horror films scared me when I was a little kid. So, you know, I'm not going to put E.T. or something like that, but. Actually, um, uh, a few people on this list mentioned The Exorcist. So. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's a, a hype reputation thing. Yeah, more than anything, and also I count being creeped out the same as being scared. I yeah, I kind of do too. Like, I think people like to like to well, over categorize things, but it's such a subjective thing. It's like, well, what is being scared? Are we only counting jump scares or, you know what I mean? Like, some people do. I honestly think, especially since the popularity of jump scares in movies, I honestly think some people think if the popcorn isn't flying, it doesn't count as scary. Okay. Uh, now, yeah. I, I, I don't believe, I don't feel that way. I, I, I think, For me, something like The Conjuring or whatever, it's that chill. It's that when your blood turns cold. Yeah. When you can feel your me, heartbeat. It's, it's what am I going to be thinking about while I'm trying to go to sleep that night? Yeah. If it's the movie, then it scared me. And the last one to, like, really uh, uh, move the needle on me was Hereditary. Yeah, same here, probably. Um, okay. Uh, there's a bunch of these, so let me just read yeah, them go ahead. real quick. 
Chris McElpring says, uh, human centipede, I guess folks find it more gross than scary, but I only see it as unwatchable. I almost put that, but I think it's mostly a meme. Yeah. Uh, Jake DeLuna says the strangers. Oh, God, no, that is a fucking, that one fucked me up. Uh, yeah, I actually <laughs> think that movie's more scary than good, but, yeah. but I think it is effective as a home invasion movie. Victor Wilt says, in the last few days, I tried Sinister and Insidious, neither of which I found to be scary. I think Sinister is really scary. I think Sinister's, um, yeah, I think of those like Bloomhousey, spooky boo boo face movies. Yeah. It's one of the better ones. It, the first yeah, one anyway. It's pretty creepy. Insidious, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with. I think that one, um, it's definitely not to like the Conjuring's level or anything. Yeah. It's pretty much, it's, Poltergeist with a facelift. Yeah. Our friend Dale says all of them. That doesn't surprise me. He's been watching horror forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Pat Stowe says, honestly, all of them. I've only enjoyed psychological thrillers like Vertigo pretty much. Uh, Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they understood the question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Zoe says it clowns don't scare me at all. Matthew Luz says the void. Um, I don't, did people talk about that one? Uh, I guess we, I, we I watched that really, together, didn't we? Yeah. We watched it for, uh, for the podcast. Week. Yeah. Uh, um, I also didn't really find it scary, but I thought it had, it had its moments, but it was, you know, Hellraiser in a hospital. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, Nick Carrillo says the ring. I laughed out loud when she came out of the TV. Oh, you are braver than me, Nick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think it is one of those things. It's like you have to be so invested in the the conceit. Yeah, you have to, you have to yeah. be so like you have to buy into that world so much by that point of the movie. And if you're not, or like let's say you, you're watching it on TV, you have a girl with you, you're only half paying attention, you're half texting, playing crazy crazy birds or whatever the fuck the game is now. And, and then you see that if you're not like fully invested in the conceit, I could see that having yeah, the wrong that one's effect. also kind of a slow burn too. Like it is all, all this big build up, but also, yeah. you know, it, it might have just been off the mark the way the grudge was for me. I, I get it. Sure. Um, yeah. That aesthetic doesn't work for everybody. Uh, my other brother is definitely trolling. Adam says gremlins. Uh, okay. <laughs> fuck you. Um, uh, Brad Page says the Babadook comes to mind. I didn't uh, think that movie was that scary. I actually, yeah, you know, I, know. I, I don't know. I think it's, it has some pretty creepy stuff. I, he, Terry the- was reclaimed as uh, an LGBTQ plus icon. <laughs> right. Uh, I think it's still, I don't know. It didn't like really fuck me up, but I, I, I can see. Why people say it's, it's a, it's a well-made movie. I think it's really atmospheric, but I actually think that the design of the Babadook himself is so designed. Like it's, it's, it, you know, the, the design is, has graphic designer all written all over it. Like it, it, they're trying really hard to create like a striking silhouette. Yeah. I, I think they do. They do. And it's a, I think it's cool, but it's, it's almost a little too, it's almost a little too, um, uh, I don't even know if I aestheticized to be scary to me. I, I can, I can see that. It'd be um, like watching 
um, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari now and being like, that's a freaky guy in a box. Uh, Mason Zedaker says saw, um, Jonathan Green, Night of the Living Dead. I, I think that one might be, uh, I don't know. I, I think that one is more, it was probably really scary when it came out and now mm. it's just like, ooh, this, it's good. I don't know. I kind of agree that it, I don't find it scary, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe if you were extremely young. Yeah. It's very, very hard to decontextualize that one because yeah, it's so, sure. it's so old now, but. I mean, I, I still love it. I might, it might still be my favorite Romero film, but, but yeah, when I'm watching it, I'm just, I'm, I'm more just kind of getting like, you know, like, oh, look at, you know, the lighting and look at these, you know, this, these actors and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm not looking at it in, in, in terms of like, oh my God, zombies are going to come attack my house. For sure. Uh, okay. Only have a few more. Uh, Eden Roclair says the Exorcist, the conjuring and Rosemary's baby. Um, Guess ghosts and demons just don't really do anything for her. Uh-huh. Uh, Ava Andrade says child's play. Um, Corinne, my mother-in-law says the wizard of Oz, not scary, but for many such as your father-in-law is afraid of flying monkeys. Uh, that is actually a pretty fun story that definitely scared the crap out of him when he was a kid. I, I, I can see. Of the day, like if you're a kid and saw that in theaters, I could see being pretty freaked out by the Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz was one of the, I mean, they used to show that annually. Um, and then again, we taped it on VHS. We taped everything on VHS, but, um, I had, I, when I was very little, like five under, yeah, yeah I, that movie scared me. Yeah. The flying monkeys are pretty freaky. The witch, the, the trees. Yeah. Uh, uh, Just kind of the too. sense of. Of danger and impending doom. And, and the sense of like, you're so far away from home and like, you have no hope of getting back. Like, it's a weird, it's a weird movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just a couple more. Uh, Kenny Patrick says The Shining. Um, that's interesting. I, I think that's still pretty freaky. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen it so many times by now that it doesn't really do anything for me, but as far as scares. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I, you know, the first couple times I saw it was pretty scary. And then that's a um, weird one. That's like a, it's like, um, you get a bag of hot Cheetos or something and you're fine. And then all of a sudden you get a hot one and they're <laughs> like, whoa, like that's what that movie is for me. Like I, I watch that movie literally every year. Um, probably in, in around this time. And mm. most of the time I'm just watching it like, you know, for and enjoying it as a film. But, uh, every once in a while, I'll be in the right state of mind or have, you know, the well, appropriate that, amount of lack of sleep or something. Well, and it'll I, just, it'll like hit me <laughs> beyond an aesthetic level and just, and I'll like totally get like sucked into like the bathroom scene or scene. Yeah. I'll, I'll I, I, th- be new I do to think me again. It- if the atmosphere of like when you're watching it is just right. Yeah. I can, I can, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, there's such a, uh, profound like wrongness to that movie that it yeah, can yeah, still yeah. play. I, I think it's totally effective. And also, um, when room two, three, seven and later, uh, Dr. Sleep came out, it sort of reignited those like kind of virgin eyes again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh Doctor Sleep kind of makes it re scary again because of just like the way the characters react to like mm-hmm. just the way they build it up in that movie is like, oh yeah, this is a fucking scary movie, and I just kind of forget. Right. I am the idea that uh Danny has to live with those things for the rest of his life. Yeah, that's if he didn't if they didn't leave and he never saw them again, they followed him. Uh that's and the last one <laughs> <laughs> the last one I have here is uh Corey Riojas says it follows. I laughed my ass off the whole movie. Were you I, high the whole movie? Yeah, I I don't see I don't know. That one was another one recent uh I mean I saw it like four or five years ago, but uh, uh, that was another one that like kind of fucked me up. I wasn't terrified by it. I was I really enjoyed it a lot. I mean a lot a lot. But um it it freaked me out. Like the fucking tall guy that like Yeah, there's there's definitely some there's some tent scenes and some really well done set pieces and stuff. But um but I can't imagine finding it funny. I could I could see some people thinking it's boring if it's not their jam. I could I but I I but the some people don't there's a surreal element to that movie. Yeah. I could see that taking someone out of it, you know, like they're there's like little things like the phones being different periods and stuff. And I could see someone watching it if they're very practical headed and they're, and they're like, what, you know, that phone is out of place. So this, and, and it having the opposite effect. Um, and yeah, then yeah, thinking yeah. it's like bad instead of, I don't Uncanny. know. I think it's a great movie, but, um, but there you go. Horror right. is very subjective. Uh, it is. Yeah. So it don't is. let anyone tell you you're a coward if something freaks you out. Let it let it freak you out. Enjoy it while you can, because eventually you'll see so many horror movies you wonder if you're just dead inside. Yeah, there's there's a few that I've put in my back pocket for the if I you know if I just want to test myself. Like I know they're out there. There's movies I've intentionally not watched because I'm like that might be a bit too much for me. Oh, but. Oh. Jesus. Okay. But I, um, you know, don't necessarily want to feel that way all the time. I feel like that might be a segment for next Halloween. <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and talk about Halloween kills, which was, uh, released. It was supposed to come out last year. It came out this year. Mm-hmm. This is the sequel to the 2018 semi sequel reboot. <laughs> Um, have you seen those, those graphs, like these flow charts that people have drawn of like all the different ways you can follow separate timelines in the Halloween franchise? Uh, I'll do you one better. Uh, there's a whole podcast dedicated to it. I, do you know, uh, Matt Gorley and Paul Rust? Yes. Okay. Paul so Rust they, was on love, right? Yeah. So yeah. they do a podcast, um, it, the original one was called Jason We Trust with Myers and Rust. And it was like a deconstruction of all of the Friday the 13th movies. And they try to put together an actual timeline. <laughs> and then they do the same thing for Halloween. And then they ended up just like going through all like the big horror franchises. Yeah. But a big part of it is them trying to like, Figure out which timeline they're in. Yeah. Part of their podcast is that like everything is canon 
And so they try to like <laughs> kind of justify it, which can be really fun sometimes. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. No, Especially when you like go off completely off the tracks into the Rob Zombie universe. Well, and stuff. Halloween has literally been reboot four times now as a franchise. Uh, yeah, I mean if you count um Season of the Witch as a whole separate reboot. No, so there's H2O, which was a reboot. Right. Uh, H2O was basically it was Halloween like Halloween 2018 just for the Scream generation. Yeah. Uh yeah. but it was a reboot. Then there was Rob Zombie's Halloween. Right. So that's twice it was reboot. Which was a remake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and, and a sequel then, to it. Then there was the 2018 was this franchise has been reboot at least three times if we're being conservative. Right. So, um, this, uh, follows directly after the events of Halloween 2018 in which an aged, uh, Laurie Strode and her daughter, Karen, played by Judy Greer, um, had trapped, thought they trapped Michael Myers in, uh, Laurie's fortified home and burnt it down and left him for dead. Well, you don't leave Michael Myers for dead. Oh my God. You just don't do that. Okay. We're going to, we're going to get into that. Yeah. Well, in a little bit, we're going to get into a lot of things, but yeah, we're going to get into some stuff. Um, so, you know, as they're leaving, the fire department comes to put the fire out, which is what they should not have done because they, release Michael Myers again yeah, they're, into they're the night. They're doing their jobs. They're just firefighters. I mean, they don't on, know. On they Halloween didn't know. Night. They didn't know. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Michael Myers escapes. He, he goes on a uh, killing spree for the rest of the night. Um, and then we follow uh, a lot of different kind of like subgroups uh, that includes uh, Judy Greer's son and girl and his son's girlfriend um, who are still no, trying to, to find Greer's daughter and her boyfriend. I don't completely remember what was going on in the 2018 film. I'm going to be totally honest. So, I, um, okay, I did, I did rewatch it literally the night before. Okay, fair um, enough. So, so the, there's, yeah. the, there's them, there's also uh, a, you know, a Halloween party that's happening at a bar, a karaoke bar, where you run into some new characters there. Um, most specifically, we have uh uh, Anthony Michael Hall is Tommy Doyle, who was the little kid from the original, uh, Halloween from the seventies. And he's now grown and he has, uh, a full, um, Ahab complex against Michael Myers mm-hmm. and has been waiting for him to return so he can, you know, get revenge. And, uh, yeah, there's a husband and wife nurse doctor who kind of get roped into this. And as well, the movie, as the movie progresses, we see these different plot threads, you know, sort of converge in what seems to be uh, a pact amongst the townspeople to take down Michael once and for all. There, so there seems to be kind of three storylines here. There's Laurie yeah. Strode, who's in the hospital for the whole movie. Yeah. And there's sort of the hospital story. Sure. There's this group of, uh, uh, this mob, this literal mob who's like trying to organize to hunt Michael down. And then there's just the people trying to enjoy their Halloween who get like viciously slaughtered in some of the most brutal slasher kills, uh, to date. Yeah. As well as 
some of the characters who carried over from the last film who were still out and about. I count to- them as the, the mob, the mob group. Cause they get kind of sucked into that. Uh, okay. I think there's, I think Judy Greer's daughter and her daughter's boyfriend have slightly different motives than, than the, the villagers with the pitchforks. Yes. So I'm going to, I'm going to start this review by giving sort of my broad thoughts and then we can get more specific on the things that worked and didn't work for me. Okay. I, I, okay. Cause I was a huge fan of the 2018 version. I still am the 2018 reboot. Mm-hmm. This one, I think is very ambitious. Uh, and I appreciate that it is trying to kind of say some new things and do some new things within this franchise, but I definitely think it stumbles over its ambition a lot. Uh, yes. So this, these are both directed by David Gordon Green, which that's where I kind of get a little confused. Uh, cause it, I, I, aesthetically it looks the same, but mm-hmm. I feel like the last one in, in, and maybe it's just because the last, the 2018 version was so, was so simplified. It's just Michael Myers doing his thing. Uh, and we're just going to do, you know, portray that as brutally as possible. And Laurie Strode is this intense survivor with, you know, a lot of trauma. So it, it it's much simpler, much more character driven. Yeah. Uh, this one is. This one's a lot more sprawling, a lot more all encompassing, um, a lot more locations, a lot more characters, a lot more everything. Yeah. And I think that's what the movie suffers from is just this more is more sequelitis. Um, yeah. Where... I mean, it, it follows in the Halloween tradition of the sequel, uh, sure. definitely being a case of diminishing returns, I think. Yeah. And I, and I, I think they're trying to top themselves. They were trying to add in new messages, new characters with different motives. And there's interesting See, things to be had. I actually think. If you just look at the core idea here, the pitch, yes. Yes. The, el- the elevator pitch being, Absolutely. the elevator pitch being, um, neighborhood watch hunts down Michael Myers. Fucking cool. Let's do that movie. Mm-hmm. Rubber stamp, go make the movie. Um, the problem is the movie's also like four other things at the same time and it can never really decide which of those things it wants to do more of. So it just kind of follows an idea until it's bored of it and then goes to another one. And you end up having too many characters who, unlike the, like a casual slasher film where they're just there to, you know, giggle drunk in a park and then get their throats ripped or whatever. Yeah. Um, they all have these, these motivations and they all have these speeches and soliloquies and there's a lot of the runtime of like, I mean, we talked about the, um, the Ahab complex, uh, from, uh, well, okay. Okay. So from the last movie, there's like eight Ahabs in this movie. There, there are. And so what's, what's really frustrating to me about this movie is I think all for the most part, all of the new stuff kind of worked for me. I liked most of that. Like I liked Anthony Michael Hall. I liked the, the, like you said, t- uh, town deciding they're sick of this shit. 
we're going to fucking get Michael Myers. I liked the stuff with, I also liked the, the kind of where that leads, um, to like, you know, this mob being just as dangerous, uh, in a lot of ways. And I actually didn't. I actually think that that undercut the, the pulp fun you could have with that concept. Um, and I'm not I, saying that the, I, because a lot of them ju- it come off as ineffectual. And when that idea like really, uh, ripens, then there's not that much runtime left in the movie. I, um, I don't know. To, for me, that stuff worked. What, what didn't work was trying to tie it in with all the other Halloween movies and, and, Giving all this focus to, so you know this is a trilogy, right? Yes, there's going to be a third one. So I think that's also a big part of the problem, is they're trying to, like, set up this stuff for the last movie. And, you know, if that's the case, if Laurie's not going to be in this movie, really, that's fine. Just let us know that. Just put her in the hospital, and we don't need to keep cutting back to her, freaking out. for You know, like, just... Okay, cool. We're setting her up for the end game. I, I get that. That's, that's fine. Right. Um, and the script doesn't have to keep coming up with excuses to put other characters there. Exactly. Like, let's just leave her there. You know, that might piss off some people. I get sure, but that's not what this movie's really interested in. So let's not do it. Let's, you know, let's be like, she's out of the, she's, She's off the field for this movie. Whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Put her on uh, oxygen uh, and we get the idea. Whatever. Exactly. Uh, let's follow. So what's frustrating to me about this is the last movie was so smart with the way it played into tro- the tropes and the way it like, you know, was like, we're, we're aware of the slasher stuff. We're going to kind of steer around it. Some characters will be dumb and victims, but for the most part, they're not going to be that dumb. It's going to be pretty reasonable uh the way most of them die. Sure, some of them are, but whatever. In this one, all the characters are so fucking stupid again. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. this fucking mob that is like, let's hunt down Michael Myers Oh, but let's all split up and and go off into these cars and get get out and like what? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Anthony Michael Hall thinks that the best place to incite a riot is a hospital. That didn't bother me. That scene reason. goes on way too long. It's way too self-serious and grandstanding. It's not a visually interesting set piece. Like that whole moment needed to be about 10 minutes shorter and somewhere else. I don't. No, that I agree because I think that's kind of more the point of this movie. I, I think it. Gets I think money. the movie thinks that it's the point of the movie. Well, but that's the problem with the movie is that. No, that, I don't think that's that the problem. scene is, is no, no, no. I don't think that's the problem with the movie. I think the problem with the movie is it has this other thing it wants to do. But the problem with the movie is like, oh, we still have feel like we have to be a Halloween movie, so we have to cut to random kills of characters that we're not involved with and that isn't following what the movie wants to follow. That's, that's, that's where this movie wants to go. It doesn't go there because it's like, well, you know, we're still a Halloween movie. We still got to cut to Michael Myers skewering someone every 30 seconds. Like, right. People have nothing to do with the plot. Um, 
and and I agree with you. I think that in that sense, I, I think that rather than this big come to Jesus moment that they have at this hospital where everybody starts frothing and trampling over each other and chasing people. And I was just annoyed by that whole sequence. Um, I, I know a lot of, a lot of people were actually, but I don't know for me. I, I actually liked it. I, I think it rather than turning it into this, whatever, I think had, had the movie dis- decided to be a quieter film and, and just, you know, have Anthony Michael Hall round up a cast of badasses and be like, let's yeah. fucking get this guy. And they go off and then you could do the slasher thing where one by one they get killed and whatever. But there would be much more like in the first, not the first one, but the 2018 film, mm. there would be more of emotional connection to this, to these two characters, Michael Myers and and the Anthony Michael character. Yes. And that's, that is, I think ultimately what this movie is missing that the last one had is that emotional connection. The last movie takes pains to like make you Mm -hmm. like these characters that you know are just going to get slaughtered. Um, but you like them. They're, they're funny. They're, you know, like, and there's uh, characters in this film that I like too. And then they sort of just die unceremoniously. And I want, I actually wanted a little bit more of a fight and a tussle. Yeah. And, and a little bit more competency from them as characters. Because yes. at the, and I know people are probably like, guys, it's a Halloween movie. What do you, but, but at this point, we're a gazillion movies into this franchise. This is supposed to be the one that's self-aware enough to not fall into those well, traps. That's the problem is it doesn't fulfill the promise of the first movie. And Which it doesn't is, fulfill the promise of its own conceit. Yeah. Like I said, the, the idea of it, the uh, townspeople versus Michael Myers is a great one. It's just that the, and that, you know, I've said this about other movies, but it feels like there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen, feels like there is a lot of, captains on the boat trying to steer the ship in different directions. Well, which is just so strange to me because the first one felt so, it felt so like Lean. driven and focused and like, yeah. we're you know, we're, we're giving you the same thing, but we're giving it in a new way. And mm-hmm. this one, this one felt like we're trying to give you something new, but we're actually giving it to you in the old way. And, and that, yeah. that was, I don't know. That's what frustrated me about it. Now, Things I like. Kind of going off on it. Uh, Things I, I liked. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I I do think it's ambitious, overlong, kind of a bloated mess. But I still had my fair share of fun with it. I did too. I I, I mean, I think it's I think it's funny how much vitriol this movie's getting <laughs> online. Well, I, I well, it's, it's kind of just... coming full circle again. Like when it first came out, everyone was excited. And yeah. then everyone was like, Oh, what the fuck? And now everyone's like, actually, it's pretty good. And I'm, I may, I'm, I don't think I'm there yet, but I do think it's, I don't think it's, you know, of the how many films, 12, 13 that there are. It's certainly not the worst. No, no, it's I, not I, even, again, I, think, I wouldn't even say that it's in the bottom four. I think the, the reason people have had such a visceral reaction to it is because the last one was pretty much universally acclaimed. Like it, you know, it was like, yeah, Halloween is back in a big way. And now it's like, Oh, Halloween's back in the way it's kind of always been. Always been. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, 
And I think as far as Halloween sequels go, it's okay. It's fine. Sure. There, I, I think that some... the kills are still, um, when they happen, there are some, like I said, that are sort of unceremonious and just like quick and whatever, but there are some, like some setups that are done nicely and there's some, some good tension that happens. And, hap- and I, happens. I like the way, uh, it calls back to the original. I like the way, I like that, you know, this mob is driven by characters besides just Lori that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. other people who survived that night. You know, I, I, again, I love the conceit of it. I love the, the idea of it. I, I like, you know, how it pays homage to the, those movies. Uh, mm-hmm. I like the one character. Well, I don't, I don't want to give away too many spoilers. Um, in case you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah. There's some kids trick or treating with the Halloween three masks. I yeah. Mean, that's I, I kind of fanfare, of but it's fun. Really well done. Um, and again, like, like the 2018 one, it looks as, as brutal and, um, ugly as the images we're seeing are, I think for the most part, it's shot pretty well. Yeah. I, I, I really like the way these movies are lit. Mm-hmm. They're not, um, they're not flat, but they, but they also, they, they try and, they try and like stay true to that sort of, um, economic visual storytelling that Carpenter was so good at. Mm-hmm. Um, it just does enough. I think maybe that's another reason why the hospital scene really kind of threw me is because that one feels very like I'm watching a a bad medical soap opera now. I I can but, see that it's it's very or, a, or like to... a zombie movie or something like it just doesn't feel like a Halloween movie at that point. Yeah, but, I, well, and, and and I think that's one of the things I appreciated about it is to me I was like, ooh, this is something new, but I can. Yeah, it definitely feels very claustrophobic and very, uh, it does kind of feel like a zombie movie in those parts. Yeah. Uh, Whereas, um, with the other scene, like the scenes in the park or the scenes in, you know, these various homes that he's invading and things like that, it gets back down to what, uh, the, you know, that kind of visual style is about. And I think it's done pretty well. And I, and I think that the acting, there are too many characters and they, and there are too many, it's hard to really appropriately feel for all of them, but all the actors are game and they're all doing a good job. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, again, with this reboot, with this iteration of the character, I, I like this older grizzled Michael. Uh, I think, you know, it, it, I know it's, kind of silly because it's just like how aged the mask is, but I think this is kind of the <laughs> scariest he's been in a really long time. And yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't want to go into a spoiler bill cause I don't think we have to. I am I'm mixed about the ending. I think it's kind of silly. Um, well, I, I think there are ways you could have reached the same conclusion without just do sex machina, do sex machina. Well, um, okay. Yeah, I, I won't say anything about the ending. I didn't care for it. Um, it's trying to do this. This is where I get, got really thrown because all of a sudden the editing gets cut weird. We're ending on this long monologue. We're, we're doing the, this is the middle of a, you know, trilogy yeah, yeah. ending where we're trying to build up to this crescendo. But to me, it feels like very anticlimactic. It feels very like 
what the fuck? Uh, it, it, the way the editing is, it almost becomes dreamlike. Um, I think all that's of a sudden, intentional. Yeah. It, but it, I mean, the movie is yeah, trying it, it, to it pull the rug. Me. The, the movie's trying to pull the rug out from under you, but I, to me, it just, I don't know. There was a little bit of like, eh, fuck you. Yeah. To it. Like, I, I, that's kind of how I felt about that ending. It was, there's other ways you could have done that. What that would have annoyed me a lot less. I agree. I thought, yeah, the ending definitely kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Um, for, for a variety of reasons that I, I won't go into. Yeah. Um, due to specifics, but I, yeah, I thought the ending was pretty dumb. So all in all, I give the movie a B minus. I think it's, there is still fun to be had. It's kind of sloppy, but it's also, it's, it's like, it's a Halloween movie sequel. It's fine. Yeah. It, this could have been the movie's dream warriors and it isn't that. And I'm a little disappointed, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. This is, I think I give this a B minus as well. I, I think. Yeah, it's it's fine. It could have been really good, um, but it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah. in, instead, it's just like you know, it just serves as a Halloween sequel. Yeah, if I were to go back and rewatch my favorite ones of this series, this one probably wouldn't be one of them. Well, I don't know. I I might I might revisit this one. I could see this one growing on me in time. It's also very dependent on what happens in the next one. That's very true. Um, if uh, they, if they manage to stick the landing and it recontextualizes all of the nonsense in this movie, then we'll see. But I don't know what that would be. I, I don't either, but I, I do think it is interesting that this is sort of a planned trilogy, which you don't really get that with, with this type of horror movie. Usually it's just, Oh, that was, that made us a shit ton of money again. Michael Myers is profitable again. Let's churn out another one. You know, it, it, it doesn't usually have intention. Uh So I am very curious to see what happens at the end of all this. I'm very curious. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think that it's like, that bland. I, I mean, I don't think that they, you know, have the last page of the, of the third movie written before they even started the script for the first movie kind of thing. No, like, no, 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 no. I, you know, I think the first, I think one they're kind of playing it by ear, but they have sort of a, a general outline of kind of where they want to go. I think this is about as planned as the Star Wars sequels were. Sure. But. That I think again, even that I think is kind of unprecedented for this level of slasher. That's what I'm saying. Like just the idea of like we're making this with you know to build to another one. Like they 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 don't typically make movies like this like that. So I think if nothing else, it's interesting. I'm I'm not saying it's necessarily good or or the right plan. I think that's kind of why we got stuck with a shit ending. But I do think it's interesting. I, th- I think it's a different approach to the slasher yeah. model. I get, I think there's, there's some precedent to that. I mean, um, Nightmare on Elm Street three through five kind of play like a trilogy. Like there's yeah. characters that carry over and there's, there's kind of a, a, a story thread that's following through those three specific movies. But I know what you mean. It's, it's very of the time. 
Yeah. Um, okay, let's go ahead and get into the streaming homework. Uh, this is Eden Lake. Came out in 2008. Keith, what is it about? So uh, Eden Lake is about this uh, this couple played by Michael Fassbender, who's playing Steve, and Kelly Riley playing Ginny. Uh, they go away for the weekend to this lake that's being like in the process of being sort of developed for this for this housing, like you know, this kind of gated area with a nice, pretty lake. Mm-hmm. And you know, the plan is, well, we're gonna go over there, enjoy the weekends while it's still a, a lake anyone can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve is planning on proposing, uh, you know, generally just have like a romantic getaway planned. And then as they are out at the lake, there's this gang of hoodlums, uh, uh, kind of this, um, kind of like the anti kids on bikes, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you know, uh, the dark version of that story. Yeah, the uh, kids who are running, who are chasing Ralph Macchio in uh, Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Yeah. Yeah, and they're just like, they're being, you know, bratty, kind of punky kids, playing their music too loud. They have, like, this really aggressive dog. And they're just generally being assholes. And they're also, ha- you know, doing it right on the spot on the lake that that they, uh, that our couple happens to camp- have camped at. And through, you know, sort of a series of escalating events with these hooligans, shit gets dark. Uh, shit gets real serious real quick. They kind of keep getting pranked and it forces this confrontation, uh, between Steve and the kids and it There's gets a- worse and worse. <laughs> yes. They, they definitely- escalating tension, escalating violence between, yeah, and, and, between and, the groups. Know, yes. And also, you know, it is this group of kids that don't come from the best sort of home situation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they're kind of pushed to a point of, uh, they push themselves to this point of no return. Um, right. And there's, there's specifically, there's instigators in that group who are, yeah, you know, I mean, they're all kind of, you know, punk kids, but, the you know, there's a leader who seems to be a lot more kind of peacocking and a lot more brash and willing to take things further than the other ones. And they all kind of, it's just a, a series of unfortunate events. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it should, it should be said because I think this really does play into how these type of movies work. Um, this takes place in England. There. It's somewhere in the British Isles. Um, United Kingdom. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, Michael Fassbender is speaking with his, his natural accent, which is like half English, half Irish, because that's how he was oh. raised. And his, his would be fiance, um, keeps calling him Pikey, which. Yeah. That's true. That's um, true. And it, but I, I, I don't think kids... that he was, I don't think that he was, um, putting on a movie accent. I think he's just speaking his normal accent. No, yeah, I I didn't think that either. But yes, this is European. This is British Europe. And one of the things that I found fascinating about that, this came out in 2008, and it's very much kind of, we'd sort of been talking about like that, that time, that little time period of 
extreme horror that was going on at that time. So yeah, Europe was the scariest place in the world. Apparently, apparently, yeah. So Hostel was part of those films, but also, uh, you know, earlier on in that, with there was Saw, and there was also movies, lesser known movies, um, like High Tension, which I just seen um, recently, actually. Yeah, um, you could say there's an element of of what could be described as torture porn in this. There's sure, some uh, some I of that. I don't love that phrase because I think it's dismissive it, and derisive. Um, yeah, I agree, and I that, and I don't think it always applies. Uh, and and I think you know a movie a movie like Wolf Creek is definitely part of this this kind of wave as well. Um, For sure, I I agree. I don't think the term necessarily fits. All the movie. All, right. All, well, okay. I think it does kind of fit, but it doesn't necessarily make all torture porn movies as bad as that phrase makes them sound. Right. I think actually what the, what these specific movies, this time period was really accounting for specifically the European stuff, I think was really kind of looking back at the like savage cinema of the seventies movies like deliverance movies like, um, taxi driver. Sure. Yeah. And this movie specifically, I think is referring to, um, another British film, straw dogs with Dustin Hoffman. I don't know if you saw that one, but both I know movies the movie you're talking about. They well, also remade that. They did. Uh, they, they didn't, they around made around this time. Wasn't it? Around that time, yeah. And th- around this time, they'd also remade both Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes, which are definitely part of that moment as well in the 70s. Um, but all of these films deal with, with acts of random violence and this idea of violence begets violence. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not heroic violence. You know, it's not, um, even if somebody's defending themselves, um, it doesn't necessarily make them the hero in these, in these movies. Um, and it, it's always kind of, it's, it's interesting when it's interesting, I should say. There are times it's not interesting, like in the case of Hostel, mm-hmm. but in, in the, in these, in, I think specifically like this movie or High Tension or some of the, like the French extreme stuff that was happening. Um, you know, you have these ultra violent movies that are ultimately condemning violence. Um, and the reasons why violence occurs. And I think one of the reasons why this movie I think is super interesting is this is a uh, pre Brexit and sure. yeah. one of, uh, there's a couple things that happened in this movie that seem to be indicating the cultural factors for why that ha- could happen. Well, um, specifically when I, it comes to class. Yeah, but um, I, this movie I, is all about class. I I think that a, this base. I think the same story could work in America. It, it's this idea of like you know this small town where there's a bunch of people that you know we look out for our own here kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know this small tight knit community with. You know, tourists visiting upper class. I mean, it's definitely about class. I don't think it's exclusive to Europe, but as we saw in the 2016 election, uh, you know, our problems aren't that dissimilar to theirs. Um, right. I mean, there were film and, you know, everyone's talking about Squid Game, blah, blah, blah. So, and, and Parasite. And so this is, these conversations are happening in, 
in Korea, in South Korea as well. Mm. Um, you know, basically anywhere where there is capitalism and neoliberalism, <laughs> um, you're going to see these types of stories, uh, occur. Uh, maybe not necessarily this extreme, um, of examples, but there's definitely a, a tension, a cultural tension that this movie is tapping into. Yes. Um, and that, I thought that was fascinating about it. And then to, to use that to refer to these films in the seventies, specifically straw dogs, which I think this movie is heavily referring to. Um, yeah, yeah. but I mean, so there's like film geek hat. I'll put that, I'll take that off now. What did we think of it as a, as a, as a horror film? Uh, this is a pretty brutal bleak movie. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it, it definitely, you know, Harkens back to all of those movies that you were talking about from that time period. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's definitely a little more crafted than something like Hostel, but I also don't think it's like a fun watch. Um, no, this uh, isn't one, this isn't like a, a curl up with your girlfriend in the, in the blankets and watch it kind of movie. No, this isn't even like, uh, you know, like a Halloween where it, it's violent, but it's, it's fun. Like you said, this is very, like, very much condemning violence and, and showing how truly horrific it can be. I think it's yeah. also saying a lot about, you know, uh, peer pressure and, and, you know, how, how easy it is to go along with something until you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think there's a, you know, a lot of really interesting stuff about that. I think it's a well put together movie. I think it's, um, but you know, I'm not in my late teens, early twenties anymore. Um, so I did find it a little harder to watch than I probably would have. Yeah. No, 10 I, years I, ago. I, 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 um, I, I'd never seen this before. I knew of it from reputation and I wanted to see it because Michael Fassbender's and that's interesting, you know, before he was super big. Yeah. Um, but I kind of knew that it was brutal and it was going to go there. But I felt like we had done so many like cult movies and comedies and, you know, borderline stuff. I wanted to do at least one horror film in our, in, in our month that, um, that, that good, that really goes for the jugular. Well, this, I mean, this one definitely does. Uh, I don't know. It was like, it, like I said, I think, but I agree. Was- I mean, I agree with you. It is not a fun movie. I, I, it was one of those ones where like, you know, credits roll and I'm like, well, I, I, I just kind of felt sick. And yeah, my, my initial reaction was, yeah, that I just was like, well, that's brutal and bleak and I don't feel good now. And, but <laughs> because of that, I think it's a good movie. Like I think it's, I think it's doing exactly what it wants to do it's making yeah. us feel uncomfortable it's it's pulling the the right things i do like i do think a little bit at the beginning um and i mean this is this is dumb but it does a little bit of that uh we're gonna give you as much of a relationship in shorthand as possible to make you feel for these characters sure um, yeah uh that that's a little like very very movie if, if you yeah. know what i mean like like, of course he's going to propose. And of course he like takes his ring out right before she gets in the car to, to show the camera. And it, I don't know, stuff like that. I'm like, it, but you know, it, it, 
gets you there. I, I think. Yeah, I think ultimately the movie starts at the lake. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, it, all the stuff at the beginning, it's, it almost, it almost kind of feels like they're the couple from, from funny games where it's like, we are characters, you know, NPCs in this movie. Our, our role is to be killed by the end of this movie. A, a um, little bit. Yeah. I think. And then once they're at the lake, they actually, it's through the interactions with the kids that they feel like real people. Exactly. Yes. It's, it's, and I think the kids are great. I think they're, uh, really good actors. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the, they feel real, you know, you, you've been in those situations. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, not necessarily before all the violent stuff even, but you've been in that situation where you just have an annoying group of people who are too close to you at a park or they're too close to you at a oh, concert yeah. or something like that. And you're like, well, but I, I really want to think... do something about this, but is it worth it? Yeah. Because it could go exactly how it goes in this movie. Yeah. Because these, these 18 year olds or 17 year olds, whatever they are, don't, they don't have their frontal lobes fully formed. And you know, like I'm not ready to, fight a bunch of kids with a dog like and that, well, they're fucking and, kids and it's it's like again it's just the way things can escalate it's mm-hmm. it's like i don't think you know uh the the one kid is a pretty much a psychopath but you know i'm not going to assume that all all groups of people are like that but you know right. there's clearly something where they want some kind of attention they want some kind of confrontation but, oh, but yeah, i also for sure i also think it's really easy to see the kids point of view too of like we're going with this thing this situation and then you know your friend's dog just gets fucking killed and you're pissed and you're like oh get him and then things get out of control and then what do you do like you know i mm-hmm. i think I think where this movie is successful is it doesn't completely demonize these children. Uh, no, I mean, that's the thing that's, that kind of, I think saves it almost yeah. like if, if they, if they had been fully well, grown, been the, the killers from hostel, right? Right. Yeah. Which if they're they, just psychopaths and, and, you know, one note evil Europeans or whatever, but they're not, they're just, they're, Kids They're just who, shitty teenagers who, yeah, who don't have the best home life, and yeah, and there's also know. like there is a class resentment going on there because this area, which is their home, is now uh, soon to be a gated community for rich assholes like these two who are coming to tourist in their in their exactly neighborhood. Exactly. So I guess in in that sense it. That is one thing that makes it stand out to me against something like Wolf Creek, which yeah. is just meant to show like you, there's pure evil in the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that one's a lot is, more base. That one's a lot more elemental. Yeah. And, and this, this is, this is like maybe, you know, maybe everybody has that capacity for violence and, mm-hmm. and not all violence comes from an evil place. Uh, it right. comes from a place of, of of wanting to protect and and uh wanting you know justice and and things like that and it can spiral out of control so there's um, a there's a couple things happening here that maybe some people would see as on the nose i don't know but you know the name of the of the lake eden lake what happens in the garden of eden a couple who are there 
Okay. Find original sin. Okay, I, I guess. Um, basically, the the story of the Garden of Eden, at its essence, is a story of loss of innocence. And uh, if you see that arc, specifically in the wife character who is a school teacher, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, the way that the story kind of unfolds, and and I, I I thought that was interesting. I thought that that was like okay. I mean that I didn't think that was too on the nose. I don't know. I. I think ultimately this is a movie. It's a movie about a lot of things, actually, but it one of the stories it's telling is is the loss of innocence. Sure, yeah. Um, so I thought that that was well. I think this is a kind of kind of a underseen. Um, is gem a right word? I don't know. It's a kind of. I don't think it is because here's (laughs) the thing. It's it's one of those movies that I think it's a good movie. I think in the sense. That it is well put together. Uh, they're they're saying the things they want to say. The the actors are doing the yeah. job well. Like it's effectively tense. Yeah, everything is working in the appropriate fashion. Uh, uh, but it's also a really ugly movie. It's yeah, very bleak. It's very like it's I, not for I'm everyone. Not, you know, I'm not gonna even. People who say they like horror movies, like, I don't know that I would recommend this to everybody. I think you gotta, you have to have a sensibility for some pretty harsh stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would, I mean, I would, I would kind of put this in the extreme horror world. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's been a while since I've watched a movie that I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Where anymore. you had to shower afterward. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of one of those too, but I was kind of ready for it, and I, I was in the I, I was in the right frame of mind for that, and I felt like yeah, I was too, and 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 I was as glad far that, as that goes. I think the ending is uh, is appropriate, it, mm-hmm. but it, it just is a fucking bummer. Yeah, it is. I mean, the whole movie <laughs> is a bummer, but um, I I like that it has a head on its shoulder. I like that it has ideas that's yeah. discussing because it's, there's it's a, not just uh reveling in it. It's yeah. Not there's just, a bad way to do this movie and we've seen ways of doing this kind of thing poorly. Yeah. Um, and I think this is, this is actually pretty exceptional. Um, so I, I do think it is pretty good. I, I even think, uh, uh, comparing it to the other movie you mentioned with a, a little bit more of a Euro sensibility. And so we're not just shitting on a hostel the whole time. <laughs> um, uh, high tension, which I haven't seen in a long time. So I mm-hmm. can't speak too much to. Um, but I felt like this was more effective than that. Uh, because, you know, it, that was tr- trying to kind of go for this twist ending. I think this one, Kind of pulls that off a little more naturally. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I again, I think it's a, I think it's a decent movie, but it's not. It's well made, but it's not a. a yeah, you I have would only to, watch this if you're if you're ready for to for just, for some rough stuff. Yeah, this, this is definitely. Um, uh, it takes a strong constitution. It's gonna. It could be triggering. It could be traumatic. Um, and there's some people for whom who, who are gonna watch it, and they're gonna put themselves so fully into those two main characters. They're gonna be constantly playing the well. I would have done this game. I did that. And a this is also bit. not 
that's kind of movie you got you want to yeah, watch. Yeah, I I definitely did that a little bit because you know at the age I'm at now, they are the much more relatable characters. Sure. Um. Uh. For me, but but I I yeah I kind of saw that was a trap and was like oh no this isn't this isn't that movie this isn't a survivalist wet dream it is like it's not gonna end well yeah yeah this is not a good time for anybody involved um all right so that that is eden lake um watch at your own discretion Uh, honestly i felt pretty similar to this as i felt the first time i saw uh well, the only time I saw The Last House on the Left, which I did not enjoy. Um, the Wes Craven one, specifically. Yeah, yeah um, the original one. Um, well, the movie's referring to it, very obviously. I mean, there, yeah. there's the scenes in the woods and, you know, the, the way some of the things are shot, the, the, the way the, the characters are like cut. It's definitely it's a, cut a, when, a, they, when they're, when they're looking at each other. It is referring to that time period in film. Yeah, it is definitely of that genus, but. I'm not a huge fan of the the world is a completely ugly, unrelenting place kind of movie. So, yeah. Yeah. But I'm also not mad at you for making me watch this. It's good enough of a movie that I wasn't I wasn't pissed that I like wasted my time or whatever. Yeah, I could I I when I watched it, I was like, this is this could go either way with him. I don't know what he's going to (laughs) say. This is different to me than something like Funny Games, which is like so knowingly like winking at the camera and delivering a really ugly movie mm-hmm. and being smug about it. This is like, this is at least earnest. This has more, this certainly has more empathy. Yeah. Um, for, and, and in, a, in a weird way, it is like Last House, um, and like Straw Dogs and like Taxi Driver and the, and Deliverance and all of those movies. It, its message is ultimately anti-violent. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's that. What did you have for, um, the first, uh, episode of November? Uh, because you poo-pooed my last horror movie, um, <laughs> which I'll, I'm keeping in my back pocket for a later date. Uh, I decided let's go, you know, let's go a different direction with this. Let's watch another round, which is, uh, sort of a dramedy. Uh, from 2020 starring Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, it, it, there was some writing about it at the time. I remember yeah, it coming out. It's a, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see what you think about it. Um, uh, yeah. And that is currently streaming on Hulu and I might be streaming some other places as well. Cool. And if anybody has anything to say about any of the topics we discussed in this episode or previous, you can email us at MacGuffinPod at gmail.com. You can find our social media at um, Instagram and uh, Twitter at MacGuffinPod. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MacGuffinPod, where we also post the episodes. And you can read my reviews that I do weekly for the Idaho State Journal uh, by Googling Idaho State Journal Movie Reviews, uh, and that'll take you to the archives. Um, be sure to leave us a five star rating and a one sentence review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, Google Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to read the other reviews over at the McGuffins, uh, website, McGuff.in, where we also have our podcast archived. Um, but there's articles and, and reviews written by the other McGuffin staff. 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Keith Foster Kid, and you can check out my art account at Sticky Note Aesthetic on Instagram. Um, it's been a while since I've updated anything social media wise, but mm-hmm. I will again someday. Okay. Well, that is the episode and have a happy Halloween. Evil dies tonight. Bye.